turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. What a blessing to have you join us. As God's children, we are compelled to regularly assemble together because we, not the building we worship in, are the church. God tells us in his word not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Part three of this series begins with the question, do we come into God's house joyfully or regretfully? Our answer should be a resounding joyful. Listen in with Bible, pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Good morning. Isn't it good to be in the house of God? We bless you in the name of Jesus. We're in part three of a series we've been in for a number of weeks and uh, a lot of things have happened. So we're going to re-engage back into the message. This time we're going to go to uh, Psalms 122.1, the, the scripture being one, Psalms 122.1. And then leave your Bibles open because we'll be referencing a number of scriptures as we go through the message this morning. The scripture says in Psalms 122.1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And we're continuing our series entitled The Joy of Assembling Ourselves Together as the Church. The, the Joy of Assembling Ourselves Together as the church, part three. I would like to start this message by asking you a question this morning. Did you come into God's house today joyfully? Or did you come into God's house today regretfully? Either you've come joyfully or you came regretfully. Sadly, many come into God's house out of duty. Many come Because of leadership responsibilities, others come into God's house with a judgmental spirit. Some come into God's house angry. Husbands and wives, we have just had a fight prior to coming into the house, but yet they put on their smiley face. Some come into God's house to network their personal business. And some children come into God's house because their their parents force them to come. Drag them here and others sadly come to be entertained. If you've come for any of these reasons and there are many more I could have mentioned, it is impossible to genuinely worship Christ with a spirit of joy with that kind of disposition. Where is the spirit of the psalmist in the house of God today? I reiterate, where is the spirit of the psalmist in the house of God today? He said in the scripture, I was glad when they said to me, let us go 
into the house of the Lord. And yet so many believers refuse to come into the house of the Lord because of Bible teaching on radio. Many feel they don't have to come into the house of the Lord because of television, social media, internet, small group Bible studies, just to name a few. Beloved, these are not substitutes for being an active member of a local church assembly. It is absolutely incredible how Satan has deceived so many Christians into thinking that it is unnecessary to worship with God's people in his house. As a result, many saints, because they don't frequent the house of God, they are spiritual babies. They are biblically illiterate. They're stagnant spiritually. They're disconnected. They're unstable. They lack a spiritual support system, and a place of refuge. Many people today think that the church is an organization, while others think the church is a denomination, while others think the church is a building. And this is not a biblical understanding of the church. The word church comes from the Greek word ekklesia, which is defined as an assembly, a called out ones. The root meaning of church is not that of a building, but of people. My friend, the church is losing her effectiveness in making a spiritual impact on the rapidly decaying culture in which we live. Many churches have drifted away from teaching sound biblical truth, which has weakened the church's influence in the world in which we live. Many churches have become spiritually anemic and weak and are losing their ability to impact unbelievers. This country, America, will not be transformed through celebrities. It will not be transformed through politicians. And it surely won't be transformed through talk shows. We have enough of that stuff. The gospel of Jesus Christ is our only hope in these evil, decadent times in which we live. And God requires his church to dispense the good news of Jesus Christ to those who are lost and headed toward a Christless eternity. What is the purpose of the church? Let's transition. What is the purpose of the church? Number one, uh, the purpose of the church is to teach biblical uh, doctrine. The church is to teach sound biblical doctrine so we can be grounded in our faith. So many churches in our nation are in bad shape and spiritually unhealthy simply because they are not building the church on biblical principles. Beloved, the word of God must be the final authority in the life and decisions and matters of our Lord's church. Ephesians chapter four, verse 14 tells us, then we will no longer be infants. Underline the word infant. You know what an infant is? An infant is a what? Baby. And we need to, we need doctrine so we won't stay in the state of babyhood. You won't be in a church 50 years and be a 50 year old baby. Tossed back, and when you're a baby, you're tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of doctrine. You hear this? That sounds good. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Everything sounds pretty good because you don't know the word. And by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming, you will be deceived if you don't know the word. If you don't know truth, then you are headed for deception. 
So the purpose of the church is to teach biblical truth. Number two, the purpose of the church is to provide a place of fellowship for believers. Acts 2.42a says, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. Say koinonia which means partnering or sharing things in common with one another. Believers in Christ are to come together in love. Believers in Christ are to come together in faith and encouragement, being united as one in spirit and purpose. The church is also to be a place of fellowship where Christians can be devoted to one another and to honor one another in a world filled with hate. In America, we have injustice, and in America right here, we have racial, in this country, racial prejudice. The church must set the standard as to what it means to possess selfless, Christ-like love, which seeks the highest good of others. If genuine love is not on display in the Lord's church, then where can people find it? If, we, if they can't find love in the Lord's church amidst his people, amidst the assembly, then where can they find it? How does the church exemplify fellowship? The following scriptures show us how to implement genuine fellowship. So you'll know how to fellowship from a biblical perspective. Romans 12:10 says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. That's fellowship. Romans uh, chapter 15, verse 14 says, we need to instruct one another. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another. First uh, Thessalonians, just jot these down and you can read them in your quiet time. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11 says, comfort and edify, comfort, edify and encourage one another. And most importantly, first John 3.11 says, love one another. This is how we implement genuine fellowship from the scriptures. This is how we are to interact with one another. This is what we ought to be doing uh, as we come together in the unity of the Spirit. As human beings, we can come up with countless reasons to neglect our church attendance. And as he continues today's message, Pastor Rander addresses several of them. We cannot afford to give Satan a stronghold in this area of our lives. We must not be negligent in our church attendance. The enemy will cause all kinds of distractions, and all we have to do is look to our all-powerful God to defeat him every time, and we'll reap rewards for our determination and faithfulness. Remember to keep your Bible, pen, and paper handy. Number three, the purpose of the church, uh, according to Acts 2.42, is to pray. The church is to be a place that teaches prayer. The church is to be a place that practices prayer. The church is to be a place uh, th- that promotes prayer. Acts 4.31 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Prayer is essential in the life of the church. 
You heard prayer in this experience. This, this church is not without prayer. As a matter of fact, we just gave you handouts uh, to fill out and to go by as we are in the midst of 40 days of fasting and prayer. Then we have a 14-hour prayer watch. Then we have a 15-minute prayer walk. We have all kinds of prayer initiatives because God says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Prayer is so essential, so vital, so vital to the life of believers. Giving attention, sadly, giving attention to the reading of the word of God. You've heard that throughout the service. We read at the beginning of the service. We read in the middle of the service. I'm reading the scriptures now. I'm leery about churches where they have a whole service and the book is not even open. People don't write anything. No scriptures anywhere. They don't open with scriptures. No scriptures in the middle. No scriptures reading. Don't even close with a scripture. No prayer, no prayer, just a lot of singing, concert, music. Listen, the church is not a musical. The church is not a concert. Now, music belongs in the church, and it has its place, and God loves music. After all, he created it. But we have to keep all the components of worship in balance to the glory of God. Giving attention to reading of the word And prayer is often neglected in many local assemblies today. Number four, the purpose of the church is to observe the Lord's Supper. The church is to be a place where believers come together to observe the Lord's Supper, remembering Christ's death and shed blood on our behalf, his substitutionary death in our place. Rightfully, we should have been on the cross. He died for our sins. He took the hit for us. First Corinthians eleven twenty six says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. By the way, uh, uh, last first Sunday, were you at Holy Communion? And, and I wonder if you can miss Holy Communion and it doesn't even bother you. That's saying something about your spiritual condition. Because there ought to be an inner longing to come and to commune and to re- commemorate what the Lord has done for us. We ought to make our way here. We go everywhere else we want to go. And we, we ought to make Holy Communion priority in the Lord's church to the glory of God. If not, you are most negligent indeed, my friend. Number five, the purpose of the church is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 19 says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The church is called to be uh, be faithful in sharing the gospel through word and deed. Some folk are good at uh, teaching the word, but they don't live out the word. We have to Teach and then live out what we teach. Let our light so shine before men because of the word resonating through us, emanating to others that people will see our good works and glorify the father. The church is mandated by God to be witnesses for Christ. Why? Because of Acts 1 8, which says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Beloved, the purpose of the church is to win people to Christ with the gospel and to also make them disciples of Christ. Matthew 28, 19a says, go therefore and make disciples. Now you got to be born again before you can be made a disciple. You have to be, you have to be born again. You have to have 
uh, you have to experience the work of regeneration by the Holy Spirit. And once you have been born again, then you are to be disciple. You to become a disciple, a learner, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ in life and practice. Number six, the church is to be about the business of ministering to those in need. The church is about being in the business of ministering to those in need. This includes not only sharing the gospel, but also providing for physical needs such as food, clothing and shelter for orphans, uh, poor widows without families, strangers and those in distress as the church is as the church is led by by the Holy Spirit's direction. And when when uh, that flood hit Texas, the Texas coast. Uh, last fall, uh, we, we rose to the occasion, took up special funds and and sent it to people who were in needs. We didn't know the, those people personally, but and they didn't have to be saved to help them. Matter of fact, maybe people will come to Christ because we help people who maybe perhaps didn't even know the Lord. Uh, even when Hurricane Katrina hit years ago uh, and we had evacuees that came and drove to San Antonio, fleeing that devastating uh, storm that originated in New Orleans. And we had people dispersed around and helping and ministering and giving. That's the purpose of the church. Uh, you, you just can't sit here, learn the word, and just get spiritually fat. You have to, you have to exercise the word. You have, what God has deposited into you, you need to work it out to the glory of God. And I was so proud of Maranatha. Uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, you see the needs of the saints being met in the early church. Acts chapter 2 verse 45 says, And sold their possessions and good and divided them among all as anyone had need. James 1.27 says, Religion that, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans. To look after orphans, those who don't have parents. That's what we do over in Uganda. We look after orphans and widows. Uh, without families that have many needs and, and, and those in distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We have been doing ministry in Africa since 1992 and I can never get used to seeing the indescribable poverty, the, the street children all over the place with no homes. The need for clean water, the need for medical needs, the need for education. Education is not free there. They are educated by having to pay school fees. Uh, they don't have all the amenities that we, we have here. There's one young man we met, I think he's about, 20, he's about 27 years old, and he wanted to learn English and learn to go to school. And here he is, this tall, grown, and he's sitting there with fifth graders because he wanted to learn how to read and write English and to grow. And he had on his little school uniform sitting there with those kids because they don't have GED programs over there. They don't have all these alternative kinds of things. You know, and our children... What hurts me is that our children have all these amenities and won't even take advantage of them. I mean, we, you got to keep them in school. The, 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 the kids have more rights than the teachers. All these things, all these opportunities. Opportunities just come at, at the children all kinds of ways. And they're without excuse for not even getting a high school diploma. 
But there they value education and they want to be supported and they want to be loved. And sadly, it's amazing how the more we get, the less appreciative we are. And those who have little, what you do for them, they are so thankful and so kind and so grateful. They don't have that entitlement mentality like you owe me something. Maranatha, I thank God for uh, the Maranathians here and other churches who've collaborated with us down through the years and individuals who are making a difference in the lives of children and adults. But how much more could we do if every member with an income be committed to tithing and supporting our child sponsorship program um, with $35 a month that would feed personal hygiene and clothe the child? The, uh, the purpose of the church, the body of Christ comes together to minister to one another and to bear one another's burdens. The body of Christ comes together to minister, comes together to minister to one another and to bear one another's burden. Galatians chapter six, verse two says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Beloved, there are some things that the radio can't do. That's why you need to assemble yourselves together. There are some things technology can't do. Television, Internet, social media can't do. Uh, For example, technology, technology cannot marry you, cannot bury you. Can I visit you in the hospital? Also, people need to be touched. There are people who come here who need to be affirmed, who need to be uh, loved, have hands laid on and prayed for. There are people who come here who need to be delivered. People need to be ministered to as they go through crises. That's the purpose of the local assembly, to minister to people who come here stressed. To minister to people who have lost and lost their jobs. To minister to people who are in a state of depression. To minister to those who have major decisions. To minister to, to those who are lonely. To those who are sick. To call for the elders that they'll be prayed over. And to minister to those who have experienced the death of loved ones. Jesus ministered to people. And Jesus had a touching ministry. A touching ministry. Some of y'all so cold, don't touch me. You don't touch anybody, nobody touch you, and everybody's sitting there, and you prefer to sit every other seat. You know? Uh, listen, we, uh, and then you sit in the back, and you hope I don't call on you, but, I, but listen, don't, don't try to hide from me when you're sitting out there thinking I'm going to call on you for prayer. When you try to hide behind a head, I'm going to call on you for prayer. Just stay open and front and center, Amen? <laughs> Because there's freedom in this body of Christ and God don't have spectators. He has participants to the glory of almighty God. Jesus had a touching ministry. He touched children in Mark 10, 13. He laid hands on the blind man in Mark 8, 25. He laid his hands on sick people in Mark 6, 5. He touched the leper and made him whole in Luke 5, 13. Again, body ministry is so valuable in the life of of the Lord's church to bear one another's burdens. uh, We come together to help each other endure and overcome uh, problems, afflictions, and even weaknesses. Now, sometimes pride gets in the way and you end up being stuck where you are because your pride has isolated you. 
You say, for example, I don't need anyone. I can make it by myself. Let me tell you something. You're just fooling yourself. Sooner or later, there will come a time when your circumstances are going to be as such as you're going to need somebody. There's a crisis going to intrude into your life. There's going to be a health issue. You can become so sick that you can't even bathe yourself. Can't even can't even put your clothes on. And I hope that doesn't happen to anybody. But let me say, don't ever fix your mouth to say you don't need anybody because you don't know what's coming next. And whatever you can do for yourself, thank God. When is the last time you thank God for hot water and you can put some soap on you and you can scrub yourself and you can brush your teeth? And then there are people without arms and they got an itch and can't even scratch it. Don't tell me you don't need anybody. You need people. If you don't, if you don't need anybody, then be your own mechanic. If you don't need anybody, be your own doctor. That's right. If you don't, if you don't need anybody, be your own teacher. You know, if you don't, if you don't need any, if you don't need anybody, uh, uh, j- j- just do it yourself. Sit, soak, and sour. That's pretty good. Three S's. <laughs> Sit, soak, and sour. All of us need somebody. Let me tell you something. Somebody else needs to be able to get in your house. <gasps> My house? Yeah, do you, how many of you have ever locked yourself out of the house before? You, anybody? <laughs> Listen, that's a, now don't get, now, 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 know the people you're giving the key to. Okay, no, don't be free for all. Don't be, don't be, don't be naive. But, but there, there come times when you, you even lock yourself out and you don't even, some, and you, it's a sad day when you don't trust anybody. You don't trust your mama, don't trust your daddy, don't trust your sister, you don't trust your brother, you don't trust your grandparents, and then you get stuck and you're too, too embarrassed to ask for help. As Pastor Rander continues today's message, he reiterates the collective purpose of the church, to teach biblical doctrine, to provide a place of fellowship for believers to pray, to observe the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, to minister to those in need, to minister to one another and bear one another's burdens. Sharing the purpose of the church as an assembled body is powerful and strengthening. It fuels and refuels us to become and remain effective witnesses for the kingdom of God. How's that for good news? 